0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Sweater Weather, a Chicago Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm Luke, joined by Abe. What's up, Abe? Oh. Uh, so, today is Sunday, October 13th. Uh, we're just going to uh, go through real quick, and we're going to recap the uh, games that the Hawks have played the last couple of days, starting with the home opener on uh, Thursday. The Hawks fell 5-4 to four to the Sharks. Um, so this game... Uh, I'll just break it down a little bit. In the first period we had uh Dominic Kubelik, he scores his first NHL goal, puts the Hawks up one nothing. Uh Kevin LeBan Kevin LeBanc, is it LeBanc or Lebanc? LeBanc? Probably. I'll say LeBanc, I could be wrong. Uh Kevin LeBanc scores on the power play from uh from a really crazy angle to tie the game at one one. Um Andrew Shaw scores from in front of the crease. The Hawks go up two to one. Um Carlson's powerful A slap shot from the point is redirected by Patrick Marlowe to tie the game again, 2-2. So that's two uh, uh, failed penalty kills for the Hawks so far at this point in the game. But they had a good first, uh, possession-wise. They ended with a 57.58 Corsi for that period. Second period, Alex DeBrinkett scores. Uh, he takes the puck from Eric Carlson at the half wall, gets the puck to Andrew Shaw, and Shaw scores his second goal of the night from the left circle. Hawks are up 3-2. to uh, Then Brent Burns hits a shot off the post, which bounces off the net, uh, bounces into the net off of Connor Murphy to tie the game at 3-3. This is pretty similar to the goal that went in um, off of, uh, uh, who was it? I think it was Kajula or somebody uh, in the game against Philly. Uh, really unfortunate goal. I think uh, Crawford is going to want that one back. Uh, Dylan Strome sc- scores off a tic-tac-toe pass from Patrick Kane. Uh, the Hawks go up 4-3. Patrick Marlowe scores his second goal of the game from in front of the crease. Uh, this was a pretty bad period for the Hawks. They ended with a 26.47 Corsi 4. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Corsi is... Uh, I believe it is the like a, a, a percentage of shot attempts... Um, held by each team, so a uh, 26.47 Corsi 4 means that all the, of all the attempted shots, that's shots on goal, shots blocked, and shots that missed the goal, um, the Hawks only had 26.47% of them, which is pretty bad. Uh, over 55 or so is very good. Um, 26 is not good at all. Uh, and then in the third period, the Sharks get their first lead of the night when Barclay Goudreau scores off of Joe Thornton pass from behind the net and scores from point blank. Uh, that third period was terrible. The Hawks had just a 19% course for. 4 uh, They ended that one with a 5-4 loss in regulation. The total, they had a 36.36 course for, 4 which is abysmal. Um, and then Crawford... Crawford had a bad night. He made 29 saves on 34 shots for an 853
1: save percentage. What were your thoughts on that home opener? Um just like we'll get to it with the um like with the Jets game that we were at yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um that first period they were playing pretty well for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um i say the the first goal was definitely un- an unfortunate one. Mm-hmm. from the Sharks just because of the crazy angle of it yeah but yeah the power the PK needs to improve a lot like last season we had one of the worst ones in the league and it's already it's showing that it's still one of if not our biggest weak, weak point yeah absolutely um I was gonna pull
0: up their PK was not I'd have to look for it uh, if you want to pull that up real quick while I'm um, re- while I recap the uh, the game against the Jets, uh, so last night Saturday, uh, October 12th, the Hawks played the Jets at home. Uh, the first period, Brandon Saad scores a shorthanded goal on a pass from Ryan Carpenter, and they go up one nothing. Sod actually had a couple of good chances this game. Um, uh, then Brent Seabrook scores a power play goal from the right circle. Uh, while everybody's causing a bunch of chaos in front of the net. The Hawks go up 2-0. That's unfortunately the last goal that the Hawks score the entire game. But it was another great first period, 57.14 Corsi C4. Uh, so really strong possession that period. This team looks like, uh, so far they've been a, a strong first period team. Uh, second period, uh, Nikolai Ehlers, uh, he scores a one-timer from the right circle, uh, cuts the Hawks' lead in half. It's now two to one. Um, Hawks ended the second period with a 35.71 Corsi 4 much worse than that first period. Uh, and I, I actually, we like, like Abe said, we were there at the game. Um, and I, uh, you, you pointed out at one point that this is a good start to the game, and I said, uh, but which team is going to come out next period? And then you said, which team is going to come out next shift? Or something like that. Um, and that proved to be uh, the theme of the night, as it has been uh, the past the first couple of games here this season. Uh, third period, Andrew Kopp scores in front of the crease off a pass from Kyle Connor to tie the game. The Hawks did have another uh, solid period possession-wise. 55.88% Corsi-4. Uh, Mark Scheifele, unfortunately, scored uh, 47 seconds into overtime to win the game for the Jets. The Hawks got their first, game, uh, their first point of the season, which is something, but it's still a three-game losing streak. Uh, crazy enough, we ended the game with exactly 50% Corsi, um, which means that over the course of the game, uh, there was an equal number of shot attempts for each team. Um, and offensively, I think uh, for most of the game, the Hawks didn't look terrible. Uh there were some defensive breakdowns. That's that third line of what was it Shaw Kubelik and I think Camp?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, that line looked good. Yeah. I, I like the look of that line a lot. Um And then um there was also there were also a couple of really strong chances for uh guys like Drake Kajula. He uh he uh, he was absolutely robbed on the doorstep by um, Connor Hellebuck at one point in I think the second period. Um and then Robin Leonard made 30 saves on 33 shots for a nine oh nine safe percentage. Not amazing but uh better than Crawford's done so far.
1: I I found the stats with the PK so far. Uh we have been shorthanded ten times and we've allowed four power play goals. So sixty percent that's not great. Nope. Uh, what about power play? Power play is two for six on the season. Two for six. So thirty three point three percent.
0: That's good. That's a that's a good power play percentage. That's uh, do you have like rankings in front of you? Are we like top ten? Mm, top five? No, this is just off of um oh, okay. hockey reference. All right, well, it's a small sample size anyway. We can yeah we can check on that later in the season, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the PK definitely still needs some work. Um, the power play, again, small sample size, but it's it's looking like it's still going to be uh, pretty successful. Um, that that Brent Seabrook goal from yesterday, like I said, was a power play goal, and uh, you know Seabrook's not on the first power play unit, so it's good that that second unit is producing as well. Yeah
1: the the second power play the Hawks had looked atrocious. They couldn't get... Mm -hmm. They couldn't get the puck... They just couldn't get the puck into the offensive zone. Yeah. Bad passes, couldn't dump it. If they tried dumping it, it would lead to a turnover, so... Yeah.
0: I I almost wonder if this is going to be, like... uh, I mean, well, I I think it's pretty safe to say that this is going to be a pretty offensive-heavy team. It could be... it, It could be a situation where this team has to win games like... Like, you know five to four, six to five. Um, but, uh, uh, and then the only other news item I have here is that Kirby Doc was, uh, activated from injured reserve and assigned to the Rockford Ice Hogs for conditioning. Now, I didn't actually know that you could do this up to this point. I knew that, um, uh, I think, I think Saskatoon is OHL or CHL, whatever it is. Um, you, you can't actually... An NHL club cannot assign a... I think it's CHL. Uh, a CHL player to the AHL while they're under contract with the CHL. But I guess you can do that if it's just for a, uh, a conditioning stint. He can, he can play for the Ice Hogs for 14 days because it's stipulated as conditioning. Um, and it doesn't count against his, uh, his nine games that he could play with the Blackhawks. Uh, before burning a uh, a year in his contract. So I think he's going to play uh, two, three games with the Ice Hogs, and then he'll be called up to uh, Chicago, and he'll get his his nine games, uh, and then they'll assess him and see if he's ready for the NHL or not.
1: Yeah, I saw something in regards to how it works, or like how it works with um, Doc being able to go to Rockford. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find it right now, but... um says... Okay, found it. So this was just a comment mm-hmm. in the Hawks subreddit mm-hmm. that on that post. It said, um, for this to happen, the team, the, the player, and the NHL all had to agree that he would go to the HL for conditioning and he can play in games, but this arrangement can only last 14 days. Okay. So seems like everybody has to be in agreement in order for it to work.
0: That makes sense. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break uh, after this message from our sponsor. Welcome back. Uh, we're going to spend the second half of this podcast going over some bold and not-so-bold predictions that we have for the upcoming season. Now, we have a little bit of... Uh, we're cheating a little bit here because the Hawks have already played three games, an exhibition game, and a preseason. So... Uh, we've, we've seen a little bit of this team already, so it's not quite as, uh, as daring, uh, as if we were making these predictions before the season even started, before we saw any of these players, uh, playing real hockey games. Um, but I guess, I guess I'll start us off. Uh, so my first prediction, and I've got 10 here, my first prediction is that Robin Leonard will start 50 or more games.
1: That's actually one of my predictions, that Leonard is going to overtake Crawford as number one goaltender. I think, I think a lot of people are maybe thinking that.
0: Uh, Crow's gotten off to a slow start in his first couple of games. And, uh, I, again, anything we say here has to be prefaced with uh, this is a small sample size of games that we're looking at so far this season. But, you know, given his injury history and given the fact that Robin Leonard was just a Vezina finalist months ago, you know, it's 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 maybe not such a risky bet to say that, that Leonard could be the next starting goaltender for the Hawks. Could be Leonard backed up by Colin Delia next year. Okay, so that's one of yours. Uh, it was also one of mine. Uh, I, did you have, like, an exact number of games or anything? No. Okay. But you, but you did say that uh, Leonard would get more starts. Right. Is Okay. So... Moving on to my second one, this is maybe my most uh daring prediction. I said that Jonathan Taves will score fewer than thirty goals this year. I think he's gonna he's going to decline a little bit from the career season he had last year.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think I put him I put him scoring twenty five this year. I, I think that was my prediction. He doesn't have a point in
0: his first three games, so that's a little concerning. Um, Kaner has, I think Kaner has, like, six? Four. Four? Yeah, so he has four in three games, which is over a point per game pace so far, Uh, which, you know, is respectable for uh, Patrick Kane, Um, but... I don't. I think he only has like, you know, only has like six shots on goal or something like that. It's, it's not a lot. He's got to shoot more. Yep. Um. Okay. So what's another one of yours? Um.
1: This is really bad that I'm going to be saying this, but okay. judging by this small sample size already, the Hawks are going to finish below 500 again. Really? You think so? I think so. That that probably has him missing the playoffs, too.
0: Yep. Wow. Hmm. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So my third prediction is that uh, Dominic Kubalik will score 15 or more goals this year.
1: Actually, he was the one I was trying to figure out earlier, too. I I agree. I think he'll have more than 15 as well.
0: Um, I could see him scoring twenty. I don't know if it'll go any higher than that. I think he's he's a talented uh, European pickup, but I don't think that, you know, he's he's not Artemi Panarin.
1: Yeah, I mean, from what I saw though, he's pretty crafty. So
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's gonna be a really he's gonna have a really positive impact. Okay, so you
1: got another one? Yes, going off of the Hawks finishing below five hundred. I think Stan Bowman's going to get fired at some point during the season. During the season. Interesting. I think if the Hawks
0: miss the playoffs again, I think his job is in real danger. I think he could definitely get fired, um, especially in a season where, uh, you know, last season they they went into it they had a really, a really uneventful off season, and then they said that this is a playoff team. And they missed the playoffs again. And going into this season, uh, a lot of people felt that they were a playoff team. And if they're still not a playoff team, I think that it's safe to. I think it's 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 probably safe to assume that his job's at least at least in danger. If he's not, you know, like straight out fired, I don't I don't know if I see him being fired mid season. That is a ballsy
1: prediction. <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Well, what's his face? Um, didn't Chiarelli get fired? Chirelli? um during during the season? I don't remember. I don't remember. He was he was definitely
0: fired before the draft. Um I thought it was interesting that Minnesota waited until after July first to fire I can't remember his name anymore, but uh the the GM that they had for like a year. Because you figure, if you're going to bring a new guy in, you probably, if you don't believe in the message of the uh, the guy who's here, and if you don't want him, you know, steering the ship anymore, then you probably want to get rid of him before the draft and before free agency. But they didn't do that. Uh, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, but, so I just looked it up, and yeah, um, Chiarelli, Chiarelli was fired in January, so it was during the season. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. Uh I don't know. If Bowman is Chirelli bad. Chirelli, he he had Yeah, some, no. He made some awful moves. Um Bowman, I feel like for every like for like every every two like respectable moves he has, he's got one great one and one awful one. Or something like that. Uh so my next prediction is that the Blackhawks will make or miss the playoffs by three or fewer points in the standings. Okay. I don't think that's a very brave prediction, but uh, I think the wild card race is going to be interesting this year again.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. I think based on, again, the small sample size, I think by the end of october is when hawk when fans might want to start hitting the panic button if we continue to be as bad as we've been like if as if we need to win a few games but Mm -hmm. i think if we win fewer than three games four games before the end of the month start hitting the panic button Mm.
0: There's there's some merit to that. Uh there's there's some crazy stat that's like uh only like a half dozen teams. It's like only like 7 teams or so since like 2006 who have been out of the playoffs at Thanksgiving uh end up making the playoffs. It's it's something crazy like that. Um So yeah, if the Hawks are still cellar dwellers in like early to mid-November, then there's definitely reason to be concerned. Unless we can go on a crazy run again like we did last year. And I don't think we're going to, you know, just absolutely suck for a month and a half like we did last year. So a crazy run could save our playoff hopes in theory, if that happens again. But it needs to happen again. And I I don't know that it could. Um, But that's if they don't figure it out. Yeah. There's still plenty of time to figure it out. Um okay, so my next prediction is that Patrick Kane will score a hundred and ten or more points.
1: I actually see him having under. I I think he's gonna finish with about ninety five points. Hmm. and about thirty five goals.
0: I mean, that's that's like sort of a down year for in by like by Patrick Kane's standards, but yeah. Still respectable by, you know, stand, like, forward standards overall. Okay, so my next prediction is that Brendan Perlini will be traded mid-season for a bottom six forward.
1: Hmm.
0: I think... I can uh, see that happening. I think he's he's not going to be able to put it together, and we're going to trade him for... I, I couldn't even give you a name, but we're going to trade him for uh, some guy who's going to slot into the bottom six maybe as like a a modest goal scorer or um I don't wanna say like a defensive minded guy because we've we picked up a couple of guys like that in Zach Smith and Ryan Carpenter and I don't think that we need many more. Uh that's in addition to guys like uh, David Camp. Uh so we don't need
1: more defensive minded bottom six guys. We have enough. Um Okay. So, my next one um, is Eric Gustafson gets traded and replaced by Adam Boquist. Interesting. That's
0: very interesting. It also, it fits in well with my next prediction. Eric Gustafson will not be traded at the trade deadline. He will finish the season in Chicago, and he will walk in free agency. Okay. So, like, basically opposites of one another. The only way that we could both be wrong is if he gets, like, sent to Rockford. Well,
1: he'd have well, to clear waivers, though, wouldn't it? Would he? Maybe.
0: Yeah, if he... It, I'm not sure if he's waiver-exempt or not, but... Actually, I can tell you. Um, yeah, the only way that we could both be wrong is if he gets put on waivers and then claimed. let uh, wow. He is not waivers-exempt. Um,
1: so he would have to be put on waivers to be sent down?
0: Yeah, but i I don't think I don't think he would ever be put on waivers. I think he would be traded if the uh, if we didn't want him in the lineup.
1: Okay, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see who's right about that. You got no? Um, let's see. I have Andrew Shaw scoring 15 goals this season. Okay, I mean, he's, I mean, he he's got two car- already. Yeah, he had a career season last year. Yeah, so he's... He had, what, 60-some points yesterday? Or last year? (laughs) Yesterday. (laughs) Um, I think he had... I think he had
0: 50-ish. But yeah, it was a career season for him. Um, It could happen. It could happen. Uh, So my next prediction is that Adam Boquist will be called up mid-season... He will play uh nine games or fewer uh, so it's not burn a year in his contract, and then he will be uh, sent back down to rockford. I don't think he I think he'll play in the NHL this year, but i I don't think that he'll stick is what I'm saying okay uh, I think they are going to see that his defensive uh capabilities need a lot more work.
1: yeah um let's see. My next one, the I have him, I think he will have 75 points and score around 35 goals this season. I think he's going to have a little bit of a down year this year compared to last season, goal-wise. You said 75 points and 35 goals? Yeah.
0: So you think he'll get 40 assists. More assists than points. Yeah. More assists than goals. Swimming, yeah, more assists than goals for Alice Brinkett. Yes, interesting. Because he's up to this point, he's been he's usually gotten more goals than assists. He's right. he's more of a goal scorer. See, I I would I could see him scoring uh, thirty five goals, but if that happens, I see him being at something like sixty points. Okay, but we'll see. Maybe maybe this will be the year that he becomes a. Maybe he becomes more of a pass-first guy. I mean, not permanently, but... Right. um, Maybe maybe he... You know, he becomes a... He he works on those playmaking abilities. Maybe that's what happens. Um, Okay, so my next prediction is uh, Kirby Doc will get his nine games in Chicago, nine games or fewer, and then he'll return to Saskatoon. I don't think he'll stick in the NHL
1: either. Yeah, no. I don't think so.
0: I think they, they want to focus on his development.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only way I can see him sticking around is if the Hawks, like, if front office determines that it's a lost season, and might as well just let him develop at the NHL level. That could be. Uh, And that, so, uh,
0: for anyone who doesn't know, um, if the Hawks send Kirby Doc, I I think I actually covered this earlier, uh, but the Hawks cannot, like, um, they can't recall him from Saskatoon. Once they send him there, he has to finish his season there. And the, uh, Saskatoon's season, like should they miss the playoffs, will end before the NHL regular season does. So if he finishes his season in Saskatoon before the end of our regular season, then he could be called up to the the Blackhawks again. Uh, but I don't think... I think he'll get his nine games. I don't think they'll burn a year on his contract. And I don't think he's going to stay. Uh, Alright, you, you got any more? No, that's all I had. That's it? Alright. Well, I got one more. Uh, I think it's a little bold. Just, okay. Just a little bold. I think the Hawks are going to have a top five power play. Okay. I don't think it's bold to say that they'll have a good power play, but I think it's, I think it's a little bold to say that it'll be top five.
1: I see that happening because... After Colleton took over, the Hawks had one of the best power plays in mm-hmm. the league. So now having a full season under Colleton, yeah, I can definitely see that. All
0: right. So that's been our predictions. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more Hawks news and another podcast. Um, that's all we got. Yep. See ya. Bye.